0: Bloody 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 Bloody
1: Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watched Tonight. And joining me from across the pond, he's a statesman to my kinsman,
0: and he's also the king, it's John Burke from BurkeReviews.com. How are you, my friend? I am doing very well, Matt. How are you doing on this uh, eve of a new year? I am
1: doing okay. I'm a slightly under the weather, so listeners, if you do hear a slightly nasally sounding Brit, that would be me, of course. So do bear with me, but the, as I said to John off air, the BAMP, I'm really hyped to talk about. This particular film for this episode, but firstly, uh compliments of the season to you and yes, this is the last episode of twenty twenty. We can hope we go into next year with more positivity, eh?
0: Right. And we really hope so. Um, you know, I, I wish I was gonna do a uh, bad British impression because you said if you hear a nasally Brit, I was gonna if you hear <laughs> one like this, that's me. Uh, that was Italian. I can't do accents, everybody. It's like Keanu Reeves in in an in, uh, uh, Interview uh, with the Vampire it- not Interview it- the Vampire, <laughs> <but> Dracula. <laughs> Inferno. Um, Inferno. But, uh, you know, um, we have – I I actually am a little – not under the weather, but I've had a a runny nose. I ran my usual Saturday run. I had to wait like three hours to run because it was uh, Mm -hmm. way too cold in the morning. It was like 30-something in the morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I waited till about 10, and it was like – it was about 60. Um, But it was still like really cold wind and stuff. And so uh, I I definitely can feel like a little congestion from uh, running in the cold and whatnot um and uh yeah you know um this year is it's coming to an end i'm not i'm not putting a lot of hopes on 2021 i feel like we do that every year right we always are like oh next year will be better and it has backfired for the last couple so i'm just like you know what it's another whatever it's another whatever it is it's fine it's whatever i'm gonna go and just keep trying to survive uh that seems to be our our current state right um, but at the
1: end of last year, Brogu, we weren't. Who would have thought at the end of last year we'd be thinking, right? Well, 2020. I'm so excited for 2020, but I bet we're going to get a global pandemic that's going to shut everything down. This is, it's, it, honestly, it's just uh, mind boggling to think. Even at the end of this year, when we've been living through this for seven seven months, it feels like seven years. And again, it's something that the whole world has had to deal with. It's not just one continent. Right. It just still can't get my head around what a strange year this has been. And obviously, we talk film um hence the title and we're bloody awesome at it. it just for the film industry man this has been an absolutely crushing year isn't it and we've had to yep. rely on a lot of streaming films which isn't i don't mean that to be uh, as a negative to the streaming films because there's an awful lot of good ones but you know usually we'd cover like the big blockbusters and you know we'd hope that come 2021 man we'll be we'll be back to covering those bigger releases
0: Yeah, uh, it looks like there's going to be a lot of big releases, even if theaters don't open right back up, at least on HBO Max, um, which is super relevant because we're watching, reviewing the first major release on HBO Max today. Yes, we are. And talking
1: about big blockbusters for 2021, we're ending the year with one of the biggest blockbusters of this year. Wonder Woman 1984 is our review for this week. For those new to the show uh we are fully non spoiler especially for a film which is only days old in terms of being released so we're non spoiler if you haven't seen Wonder Woman 84 fear not we will you know dive into plot points relating to the synopsis but nothing which will give away the story for you um so Wonder Woman 84 has been pushed back enough but it's finally been released in theaters over in the UK HBO Max uh for John and theaters around the world as well it's directed, of course, by Patty Jenkins and she also wrote it alongside Jeff Johns and Dave Callaghan. Stars Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig and Pedro Pascal. And the synopsis reads, rewind to the 1980s as Wonder Woman's next big screen adventure finds her facing two all new foes. Max Lord, Pedro Pascal and the Cheetah, Kristen Wiig. Uh, critically. It's sitting at 65% on Rotten Tomatoes and 59 with Metascore. And IMDb has a user score of 5.9. So I'm looking at that thinking, well, that doesn't look particularly very good. Especially because the initial reviews for this film were really quite good. I think Rotten Tomatoes had it in the high 80s. And it's not unusual for a film to have a slight drop-off when you get a bulk review drop. But this is quite a big drop-off. You know, it was 20% Sorry. 20-25%. So going into this film, I watched it in the theatre, as I, and I mentioned to John. Fully COVID safe, fully social distance, masks. You could still smell the antibacterial mist in the air, it was fog in the air. It was great. Only about 10 other people in there, and that wasn't because of nobody wanted to see this film, but social distancing um so what we do is we give our thoughts up top and then we kind of dive into it more so again non-spoiler wonder woman 84 i really liked the first film i thought there's a real heart and a real soul to it i thought gal gadot was very good as wonder woman uh and that wonder woman 84 is quite looking forward to this one. Oh jb i wasn't a fan of this film i really wanted to like this film but and i know it wasn't because i was under the weather and it wasn't because mm. it was the circumstances surrounding my trip to the theater, but I just didn't particularly enjoy it. I didn't hate the film, but I didn't really like it all that much either. It's just very plodding for me. I thought it was overly long oh, yeah. without really saying an awful lot. And by I, I, to, to kind of compliment that, I thought Wonder Woman had a lot to say about a lot of things, whereas it didn't really. And it almost felt a bit pointless. Because it didn't it didn't stack up to the first film, it didn't really do much or go anywhere, and it just felt a bit pointless. And one of the things I've seen people saying online is that it feels like an 80s movie, and it has the same kind of verve and feeling about it in a way which they are implying that it should be impervious to criticism. And I have to say that none of those reasons should exempt this movie from criticism. It did feel like an 80s movie, and of course Richard Donner and the Superman films were a massive influence. And yes, it did have a lot of the pomp and verve of those at the same time, but it just also wasn't that good to me. I thought yeah. I thought there were some problematic plot points, especially regarding the return of Steve Trevor. Uh, I thought the action was okay for the most part. There wasn't really much of it. The CGI battles are darkly lit, and you can probably imagine why to hide some of the horror of Cheetah and how she looked. I didn't really... Uh, uh, Pedro Pascal is he's big in his role as Max Lord and you're got you going to like him or not I, I tended to like him simply because it was Pedro Pascal rather than uh, because I liked the character um, but there, uh, there were some fun moments with Wonder Woman, I thought Gal Gadot again was good, I thought she tried as much as she could with what she was given uh, I thought Christian Wig was a bit I don't know, she just Oh, I don't know. She was fine. Same as Pedro Pascal in reality. They were just fine. They weren't memorable to me. So I thought this was a bit of a plodding, overly long superhero film. And I was expecting something a
0: lot more from this, but am I underselling this, JB? Did you really like this? No, I'm, I might even dislike it more. Um, oh, and, wow. Uh, I've, I've been the thing that really to me confirmed that it's not a critical like it's not this is not critics hating on a really fun action movie or something like that Mm -hmm. is the the my friends who aren't critics who have been reaching out to me to complain about how bad this movie is oh wow Um, and like i have a a a graduate who is a big dc fan like he's been super kind to all of the snyder movies he hasn't been like they're all great he's not one of the snyder like fanboys but he has been every time i'm like this isn't very good he's like i liked it the total opposite. He's like, I really didn't like this, and that was like, to me when he when I heard those words from him. I was like, wow, that speaks volumes about this movie. And then I had a Snapchat from a, a coworker, a teacher who doesn't generally like talk to me about movies. Every once in a while, she'll see you something, but she felt the need to not only snap me, but like to record herself. Like Burke, what the hell? And I'm like, <laughs> okay um what's up and then we chatted back and forth and she had like tons of criticisms about this movie and even i'm looking at my my letterbox followers people who i i'm sorry the people who i follow and i'm seeing two three stars like this movie isn't i don't think it's three stars to be honest i think it's a two-star movie it's not it's not Mm -hmm. like complete garbage but it is definitely lacking in a lot of big ways, especially when you compare it to its predecessor, which was so good and was so engaging and had heart and had character. This good. movie feels like it's missing all of that. And um, well, the only scene that I really enjoyed was the uh, makeover montage of Steve Trevor, which is, of course, problematic. But Chris Pine <laughs> is so charming that I loved him, like, like especially having the American belly bag, like the American flag belly bag, that cracked right. me up because he tried to fit it onto a second outfit. And I was like, okay, this part's great. And those moments are a rom-com, which I think everyone who listens to this podcast by now has to know, I am a sucker for. I tend yeah. to like rom-coms. And all this movie did was say, hey, why haven't we done a really good superhero rom-com yet? Ant-Man 3, I'm looking at you. Let's make that a thing. <laughs> Um, those two had good chemistry in the first film let's not forget they had great chemistry in the first film right and Steve Trevor is a major part of that film being so successful because she mm-hmm. is playing the fish out of water they try to flip that here and Trevor is the fish out of water which I thought doesn't work because like yes he doesn't know all of this stuff but he's not I don't see him being like he was like dumb at times you know where it was just like them. I get that he's trying to fit in but he wouldn't try to fit in that hard because he's not like a complete stranger to the concepts of time change like he's seen it already. Um and of course there is the whole problematic like I've seen none of none of these are my original thoughts but complaints about uh how he shows back up and the problems that that presents in terms of like ethics. Um there's a lot of yes. geopolitics embedded in the plot here. Uh listeners, I don't know if we said this or not but we don't spoil this movie but we are dancing around some things that are could be spoilers if we went into detail. Well, we,
1: yeah, we knew Steve Trevor was coming back, Chris Pine, because it's all over the marketing. Uh, yeah, so tons. and he's in the
0: she's in the trailers as well. So Right. And same thing, like um, we're not saying how, and also we're not gonna say what the geopolitics are, but people are yeah. pointing out some very odd uh like choices that were made in the script for this movie. And I don't disagree with them. I don't either. That's the thing, I'm bringing them up because I agree with all of them, but I did not yeah. come up with them on my own. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not that socially savvy uh to always Mm -hmm. catch those things but the the thing that really bugged me is i think this movie suffers from what we keep seeing in superhero movies for the most part if they try to juggle too many villains and Mm -hmm. two shouldn't be too many but this does seem to underserve relationships at times because it's trying to do too much and i gotta say if you're gonna open the movie with an action sequence that takes our main character and makes her a child so we don't get to see our actual actress playing the character. It needs to pay off better or at least more organically than it's crammed down our throats here. Because it is like, hey, this is the theme of the movie. Shove <laughs> it down our throats. And it, it feels awkward and clunky. And yeah,
1: I thought that was the best part of the, one of the best scenes of the film. It but is. I don't,
0: think it, I don't think it paid off later on, like you say. Yeah. Right. Like, I, it is one, it's, there's only like four action scenes in a superhero movie that's two yeah. and a half hours long. And that is pro- arguably the best action scene. It looks the best because it's, like, one of the only ones that's lit properly, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and, like, you know, like, the mall scene plays, like, a comic, like, not, like, a comic book, but, like, a cartoon comic, like, a Looney Tunes yeah. bit. Um, so much so that she, like, stops a, a villain or a bad guy from hitting the ground as if, like, it, you know, not to hurt him. But then she drops him on a police car. Like seconds later, it's like, what is happening? What is this movie? Like, it it feels like there's totally has no clue what it's doing. And it's just, it's, it's awful in so many ways. And it, I think it's, it, it would probably be a medium level movie if I didn't have such high expectations. And because I was so excited that Patty Jenkins was coming back because I think most of us gave Patty Jenkins so much credit for the first one doing so well, especially when you compare it to the other DCEU films that were coming out around it. Wonder Woman is easily the best of the DCEU. Like, I don't think that's even arguable. Like the close second would be Shazam to me. And I know some people put Aquaman above Shazam. I don't understand how. Um, But, and Shazam has problems too, but Wonder Woman was pretty flawless for the most part. And this movie is like, what happened? What what lesson did you not pick from your first one that was successful that this is what we get as our sequel? And I think, to me, it makes me hesitant for the entire slate of the Warner Brothers catalog that's coming out next year. Because this was well, the one I was Wonder like Wonder Woman 3 as well. Which they officially announced, I think, today. Um, yep. I, I I'm sitting here thinking, like, what a great movie to give us at the end of the year. This is going to be, you know, this was a, this to me was a home run, like, you know, a, a lock. There was no way they could flub this hard. And they did. And that's mm-hmm. baffling to me. Like just absolutely shocking that this movie is as messed up and not entertaining. That's I at least make it entertaining. That's the thing that's most frustrating to me. It's like, yeah. it's a superhero movie. Even the bad superhero movies usually have some fun. And like, I, I don't have fun. why I was, suffering to get through this yesterday. It was so
1: long. I and mean, we know Patty Jenkins doesn't she she can do action but she can do drama. Monster. was yeah. a monster. It was a long time ago. It doesn't but it's still a very, very good film. So it's not like Patty Jenkins can't and uh Johns and the other dude Dave, whatever his name was. it's not yeah. like they can't write dialogue. It's just I oh, I mean didn't. the question again for you is I, I brought it up at the top. The, the film felt pointless to me because it didn't really do it. It just it was just Another outlet for Wonder Woman to do things, but not really an awful lot of things, apart from pining—excuse the pun—in <laughs> order to kind of, I guess, move her closer to 2020 title, whatever. Whenever they're going to set this new film, it's almost like a a stopgap film. So, can you are you able to kind of give any reason why this film should exist? And yeah, that might sound like a really like overly harsh thing to say, but. If if you're going to do a sequel, there needs to be a reason for it other than, well, that film was critically well-received and it made a lot of money. What, I mean, what did this film
0: give that kind of made it necessary to be given? I, I don't think anything. And, like, even, I can see, like, oh, let's do it set in the 80s because we have this opportunity since we've established her being from, like, the past or whatever. So, cool opportunity to do a DC movie period piece, which you, you know, we got with wonder woman, but here's another opportunity, something that you probably aren't going to get. There's tons of things that they could say with this movie, right? Like it's '80s, So there's, especially the stuff that we have heard throughout other films of 80s politics and current politics kind of meshing and, and we're seeing some similarities and things like that. Sure. Here's an opportunity. If you want to make a superhero movie that has some social commentary and the social commentary that's in this movie is weird and doesn't seem like they're aware that they're even making any comments, and yet they are. Um, because again, it's a choice. You put this in the movie, but for what what reason? And even the choice of villain, like Max Lord's power that he he gains is like it's a weird power to begin with. And then the the way you utilize it and what you do with it and how you then conclude the film, oh man. Like it's it's so baffling uh i i don't think this movie needs to exist and i, I do think this is a skippable even it even now where we're kind of acknowledging that i think the dceu is kind of in flux we don't really know if it's actually a connected universe anymore anyways you know like we're getting the snyder cut which nobody that i know really is excited about um, some people are like oh boy let's see what happens And but you know the flash movie has been rumored to be the Flashpoint paradox where it'll reset the dceu and all this stuff fine but then this movie becomes even more irrelevant at that point. Doesn't it? Like if, if they're just yeah. going to reset it, like, I don't know. I, I can't imagine them whiffing harder than with this movie. And they've whiffed hard on a lot of the DCEU movies, but this one's like, wow, this is almost Martha level bad.
1: Yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah. And it's, it's really odd to say because I was looking forward to this. Cause um, again, I like the first film Jenkins and Godot or Godot, whatever together. Uh, proved to be a good team, knowing that Pedro Pascal was going to be in it was exciting. Not just because he is Dean Jarin and the Mando, I like Pedro Pascal as an actor. Christian Wigg, she can be hit and miss to some, but for the most part, I like Christian Wigg, even in Ghostbusters, which a lot of people didn't like. Um, so, I thought the, and obviously Chris Pine coming back as Steve Trevor. So, there was, you know, the ingredients were there to make a really nice pumpkin pie for the end of the year, but I just, yeah, it just goes to show that if you haven't got a story, then you're sunk. And the the story here is a, a lot of people have said it is very kind of eighties in its um, bombastic nature, and but that doesn't mean it's good. That doesn't mean it should get a pass. It's nope. It's really and the ending, the actual ending itself is just just what it's just awful. the ending is really but i don't like the ending is awful like the way that they kind of like yeah. all right how do we get out of this situation that the world finds itself in i know we'll do this this and this like jesus christ uh, I and mean, there is a post-credit stinger no spoilers there we know that the uh there was going to be uh interesting <sighs> <If> you... <laughs> i laugh because it's like uh, i don't know i don't know i really 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 wanted to like this but Long-time listeners to the BAMP know that we don't. We're not just going to say we like a film because we, maybe we should do, or it's a big release, or it's probably in in on vogue to say it's good. But unfortunately, it sounds like we both really just didn't like the film.
0: Yeah, it's definitely disappointing. And again, um I have been critical of the DCEU EU a lot for sure. Like, I can't sit here and say I haven't been as a big Batman fan and DC comics fan in general, um, and someone who suffered through the Titans TV series, uh, Mm -hmm. I have had a lot to say and the Wonder Woman film and Shazam were my two big highlights from this run of films. And I was so excited for this movie. Um, I, I, I just absolutely devastated in a, in a way that I, I wish I wasn't, um, by how, how mediocre and pointless and kind of devoid of fun. This movie is,
1: yeah, which is which is which is a shame considering the marketing made it out to be really fun really colorful that great image of gal in the uh, in the gold suit this society like, it just oozes so many different appeals you're like this is gonna be good you just kind of for me I felt it in my bones I was like this is gonna be a good film even if it wasn't as great as the first film I just thought it's going to be a good film and it may go down as one of my biggest disappointments of the entire year in a in a year which is just stings of disappointment, this may be one of the biggest, not just because it was going to be, like like you said, a present for the end of the year, but that's just really disappointing how they're in pretty much every aspect of the execution of this, but um, did you have anything else to say about Wonder Woman 84 before we move on JB? I do not, just sad, disappointing and we'll give our social links at the end for anybody who wants to, let us know if you agree with us, if you totally just if you love the film, please do let us know uh, we're non-judgmental here. We'd love to, to have a chat with you and just you know, just discuss the film in, in a deeper way. But we'll give those social um, handles out at the end of the show. But now we move on to our next segment, which is called Chuffed Headlines, which is where myself and John, we go through the pop culture news desk to find a headline that's caught our attention. It could be fun, serious, sad, happy, unreal, bizarre but one that we thought was worth mentioning. So John, what
0: have you gone with this week? I have gone with a, it's not a, a, it's a crazy article because the headline is what caught my attention, which is kind of the, uh, the premise here is right. The headlines is what caught our our eye. Um, Lin Kui producer of, on the game of Thrones creators, Netflix series, which goes to show you that it's not a series anyone's really aware of because they didn't use the name of the series there. (laughs) Um, Dies after suspected poisoning. And that's what I thought was the crazy part. It was like the suspected poisoning part. Poisoning. So, uh, Lin Kui is a chairman and CEO of the Chinese entertainment company Yuzu. Uh, I think it's Yuzu. Y-O-O-Zoo. So, maybe it's Uzu. I'm not 100% sure. Um, and he's a producer for the series that is dubbed The Three-Body Problem. And again, it's uh, with the uh, Game of Thrones creators cr- uh, making it. Um, he's He was only 39 years old um, and allegedly he was poisoned on December 16th and he died uh, yesterday. I believe um, they have a suspect surnamed zoo uh XU and uh, the Chinese media outlet has identified him as a colleague from that, that company, the Yuzu or whatever. Um, so pretty crazy uh, story. Just like this guy who's, you know, a, clearly a young up and comer CEO, mm-hmm. um, producer on the series and then is poisoned uh i don't there's no motive or anything given as to why he would have been poisoned but like yeah that's not something you read very often in modern times that someone was like intentionally poisoned uh at that level i guess like I, i'm sure people get poisoned but i it's not something i'm familiar with so it caught my eye especially all of these like words together it's like game of thrones netflix poison it's like what what's happening what you know uh, <laughs> is something in game of thrones right it's it sounds like something in game of thrones right so and also like obviously the the, the headline is clickbait with throwing those those words out there they want to make sure you're going to read this article because if it just said lin Kui, producer poisoned i would have been like i'm intrigued but i don't know who that is but then you throw in like game of thrones and netflix you're like, is this a is this related like are those things connected yeah. together uh, not really but again clickbait that's what happens mip
1: yep, and jb's gone straight to it and uh quite a strange... It's probably one of the strangest headlines we've had this year. Yeah. Um, Well, like you say, there's no news on that uh, Netflix series yet. The one that Benioff and Weiss, apparently, he says in big, big quotation marks, apparently left the Star Wars project for to go and chase the money at Netflix, Um, which I think is another way of saying that they were fired (laughs) from Star Wars, which given the amount of directors, producers and creators that usually get fired from those projects, isn't a surprise. Uh, And... Given their track record, I'm quite glad. But this is a uh, strange news, and I think yeah, a lot of it will come from that headline. Like you said the headline is what is going to sell this because I wasn't aware of um, Mr. Quee before before this uh, sad news. But it's suspected poisoning. I mean, that never sounds like something accidental. And I know that may be the conspiracy theory in me, but these kind of it just seems like something that you'd hear on a Netflix show, like. Uh, CSI, or that's no, not netflix you know what i mean but like CSI, something like that where uh, an up-and-coming high flyer was taken down by this like uh purposeful attack it's a, uh, it's sad news but um the headlines done its job there man
0: yep it, it succeeded in getting me to click it so mission yep, so, accomplished
1: yes yeah, so interesting to see where that show goes now and who's going to start producing that um my one though slightly less uh morbid if you will um, and we don't really talk about games that much, well we do in our next segment, but not usually uh, too much before. So I thought I'd chuck this one in, which I found um, and it's electronic arts, EA everyone's favorite uh, studio gaming studio. Uh, they've recently filed a patent or a patent that indicates that the company is going to explore better facial expressions and character rendering systems, Ooh. which is something which is basically going to make the uh, the arduous process of animating faces a lot easier. A lot easier. This was filed about uh, beginning of beginning of December. And basically, it's for a universal facial expression translation and character rendering system. Uh, so facial shapes would be associated with a facial shape identifier, which indicates a type of adjustment of facial characteristics. Oh. So you can then link all of this to a specific character. The 3D model can be rendered with characteristics according to their specified facial shape identifier. Which could make the animator's job a lot easier. And they use Jedi Fallen Order as the uh, kind of benchmark that this article from Screenrant did. It was written by Brianna Reeves. She, she wrote this and kind of used Fallen Order as the benchmark that uh, in the sequel, Cal Kestis, his dynamic facial reactions during combat would be stored in the database. So it would be so much easier to implement it. And... Uh, especially with these new-gen models coming out, obviously PlayStation 5 uh, and the Xbox equivalent, that this is kind of like a... It's not the most uh, like surprising step for me that they're going to try and make facial, uh, facial processes better because fi- the FIFA games, and especially about hair as well, the FIFA games have been kind of used as the guinea pig for those. But mm. uh, you're more of a gamer than I am, so does it mean anything to
0: you that they're going to uh, make facial expressions and hair? even more realistic? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if that's a detail I pay much attention to. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to it, obviously, if it makes the game look better or whatever, but I haven't had any like real complaints um, with graphics in years. You know what I'm saying? like They've been pretty impressive over the last few years, even to the point where like I don't feel like we probably needed a new system. You know what I mean? like Yes, I guess it can do things a little stronger, but weren't they already pretty great? It's like... Um, you know, I teach uh, part of the yearbook is teaching photography. And I think uh camera, like the megapixels that, the, that our human eyes can detect have like maxed out like three versions ago. Like they keep adding more megapixels, but it doesn't matter because our eyes can't tell the difference. Um, and that's what I kind of think we're getting to with like graphics on video games. It's like, yeah, at what point does it just not matter that you've upgraded the graphics anymore? Like, so Clearly, yeah. to me, stuff like this is the sign that the graphics can't look any better. So now they're going to focus in on those little details, and that's cool. But it's not—I don't think it affects my enjoyment of a game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, I, I agree. There's something, but when I when I play like
1: FIFA, um, I know you play that religiously, but oh yeah, when I play FIFA every now and then, I do quite enjoy when you get a close up of the players and you're like, "Good God, that looks exactly like the the person I I'm used to watching." Uh, week in week out or if it's NBA or NHL or whatever it might be there is a kind of like a like an irrational thrill of seeing that incredible like sure. Um but then you watch something like play something like Fallen Order and you see how crap the Wookiees look and I'm thinking please absolutely bring this in to stop them looking like like matted carpets uh, which is what they are but the game made them look even worse and I love yeah. that game but it's just, a, it's, just a, it's just a little thing that if it can enhance the game, anything that can enhance the gaming experience, if I'm going to sure. drop £50 pounds or 60 70 bucks 70 on a game, anything that can enhance it for the better, I'm all in for. But as long as the gameplay is solid, that's obviously the main step. Right.
0: As long as that stuff, like these little details, don't slow the gameplay down or make the game lag out. Because, like, obviously, I think uh, if Cyberpunk 2099 had the huge, like, issues with the last gen consoles and like to the point where playstation took it off the store and we're issuing refunds for people who bought it um like you don't want that to like happen you know what i'm saying like the game needs to work first and you know what ea how about instead of like worrying about those facial details though you make sure your games work at launch instead of giving us like partial games like think about how fun battlefront 2 was but how long it took to get there because they, oh, they they had to like basically rebuild the game from uh the all the stuff that they put in that people did not want and all the stuff that was missing that we did you know so it's like oh. may, maybe focus on that first and then worry about the facial details you
1: know oh yeah shameless plug we we did an episode of uh, Star Wars sessions a couple of months ago about like the rise of Battlefront 2 and how it started of course as like, one of the most maligned games ever because of the loot box scandal to becoming one of the best Star Wars games ever because the devs, let's say, listened to the fans, that's wrong, that's entitled but they gave the fans what they wanted, which was a bigger game with more maps, with big more characters, more ships, and made it fun, and it kept that community, they kept the community engaged, and suddenly it's like the phoenix rising from the ashes. Yeah, and it's one of the most fun. And I still go back in and dip my toes in, not regularly, but every now and then, if I, if I log onto my PlayStation, I want to play something for half an hour for an hour. It's always Battlefront. It's never Star Wars Squadrons. It's never anything else. It's, it's Battlefront. I want to go and shoot people, and I want to swing a lightsaber. Battlefront two. So, no, I agree that gameplay has to come first. But you have to, <laughs> yeah, you've got to launch the games properly.
0: Yeah, I I like that idea.
1: So, uh, and I liked our uh, final headlines of the year. So, well done for the rest of the past year my friend but now we move on to our next segment which is simply called media consumption and this is where john and myself we we tell each other and you what we've been watching so films tv uh, what we've been playing video games we've been listening to any podcasts which aren't ours as well so music as well comics books anything pop culture which we've been indulging in we like to let you and uh, each other know. So John, you've always got a,
0: uh, festive cheese board of delights. So, uh, what have you been <laughs> checking out this week? Well, I listened to my, uh, my regular podcast. That I listen to the blank check podcast. Um, this week of They're course. covering the walk, uh, from, uh, Robert Zemeckis as they continue his filmography, just a few movies left. I think, uh, three, if I'm not mistaken, it's allied, uh, Marwen and witches. Um, but, uh, I have only seen The Walk once, but uh, – so um, there is a, a regular guest on the podcast, uh, J.D. Amato, who goes really, really detailed in the filmmaking process of the movies that he talks about. And so uh, I learned a lot about The Walk today that I thought was really interesting. Um, it's one of those uh, movies where it's like – it's probably not very good really, but there's some really cool stuff about it. Uh, yeah and i that, liked it but yeah yeah me, i mean i like jgl uh just gordon levitt is i am a fan um even mm-hmm. in his not so great performances i tend to still like him um i because i think he uh, they point this out in the episode but he clearly cares about what he's doing yeah and that translates to me like i'm always kind of on board with that even if it's not great it's like but he's he, he cares he's not just phoning it in or he's not just get doing it for a paycheck he likes what he's doing and i love that mm-hmm. um but it's a really good episode. a little long, uh, but for me, that's great. I like when they do long podcasts. Um, but uh, then I've been watching some movies. I, I watched a lot of Christmas horror this week, kind of preparing for the Christmas day. Um, yep. And uh, But I watched um, – so the Christmas movies I watched, I watched uh, Klaus again from Netflix, which uh, I wasn't sure. I, I have it really highly rated, and I only mm-hmm. watched it once – I think it was last year. If it was the year before it came out, I watched it the year it came out, and I haven't watched it since um but i was a little hesitant okay i was hesitant to rewatch it because i was like man i don't know if it can hold up and it totally held up i i love that movie i love what it does to like the mythology of christmas um Mm -hmm. i think it kind of does its own thing but i think it's i kind of like let's let's adapt this let's make this the canon i think this is a really cool take on the santa story and i think we should do i I think it should just be the canon story um plus uh, (laughs) jason schwartzman and jk simmons uh excellent Um, a Christmas Story. I, I of course watch on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I watched. I didn't watch it as many times as I normally do, but I did watch it a couple of times. Um, uh, this is a TV movie that I own on DVD because I really really like this movie. Uh, it's a Jay Moore film called Christmas Do Over. It's basically Christmas Groundhog Day. Nice. And I like that premise. And Jay Moore, I find funny. And it's it's you know there's a few like TV level actors that kind of bring the show down a little bit. But overall, it's a fun movie, and it just works. They, uh, if you like Jay Moore as a comedian, it, it has his humor in it, and it, it works for me. Um, I watched Rare Exports for the first time. Have you seen this movie?
1: No, I haven't, but it's just the uh, foreign film, isn't it?
0: It's a Finnish film. I think it's Finnish. Finnish. Uh, uh, and it is on Shudder, uh, which is where I watched it. Um, oh, I have Shudder. It, it's, it's, it's good. I It doesn't do what I wanted it to do. And like what it seems to hint that it's going to do, and so I was a little disappointed in the end. Um, but overall, it's it's a it's a cool uh, idea. Um, it does, I think, some executions off. It might be for budgetary reasons or something like that. But it it's still like it's a cool story. Um, okay. I, I rewatched the Muppet Christmas Carol, which is the best version of the Christmas Carol.
1: Of course, I agree. My Second favorite. film I ever saw at the cinema. That
0: ah, um, wow, that's crazy. Uh, I had not seen that until like. I don't know, maybe five or six years ago. Um, That's I didn't even crazier. It, right. I didn't even know it existed. And when I found out it exists, I'm like, why don't I own this? And uh, I was so impressed by that movie. I was just like blown okay. away. Um, it, 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 Michael Caine as Scrooge is just like brilliant, in my opinion. Um, uh, Krampus. Oh, Kermit. Um, Krampus, I rewatched. Uh, I love that nice. movie. And then Chris Peckover's Better Watch Out, which I will plug. Uh, we interviewed him on Movie Club a few uh, years back after Better Watch Out came out. Really great interview. Chris is a cool director. Um, love this movie. I'm waiting to see what he does next. I hope he gets some opportunities because I th- I find the subversion that he does in this film is just brilliant. And um, man, if you haven't seen Better Watch Out, it's on like a lot of streaming services right now. I know it's on Hulu. It is worth watching. It is technically a Christmas movie, but you can watch it after Christmas. It's not. It's not that Christmasy where you you ha- has to be before Christmas. It's uh,
1: fun to watch a Christmas show, isn't it?
0: It is. It's totally a good time. I had, I had fun uh, rewatching, and I, I think I mentioned last week I watched Black Christmas right before we recorded, yeah. um, so that's why I didn't mention it here. But I, I was like all in a, a link together, um, and then I completed The Queen's Gambit on uh, Netflix. Um, it's an excellent limited series, just seven episodes. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy is tr- uh, tremendous, and um, Mariel Heller. Uh, I, I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah, she is the director. Yeah of A Beautiful uh, Day in the Neighborhood, a movie that I just purchased for Matt here for Christmas, um, and a movie I love, as well as she also directed uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? and mm-hmm. um, uh, The Diary of a Teenage Girl, which is excellent if you haven't seen it. She is uh, plays the adopted or foster mother to Anya Taylor-Joy's character, and I had no idea she was an actress. Terrific actress on top of being a terrific director, uh, so I was really like excited when I realized it was her, because I'm yeah. like, I'm like, whoa, okay, hold up. I, I'm a big fan of this woman's uh, films, at least, and I have not seen her um, before, but she, she's really, really good in this movie, in this series. Uh, so, I don't do a, a lot of TV. I've done more TV this year because of the pandemic and stuff. But highly recommend uh, if you haven't checked out Queen's Gambit, give it a go. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy is masterful, as as to be expected.
1: I like I said last week. I I really like Anya Taylor Joy in every way. I think she's great. Mario Heller. Uh, I think she's wonderful. I obviously know her best from "Can You Ever Forgive Me?" What a great film! And awesome. "Yes, a Diary of a Teenage Girl." And I hadn't seen "A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood," and it, I've been meaning to watch it. But every time I think, "What should I watch tonight?" Uh, or "What what I watch tonight?" Not that one because I, it always slips my mind. I don't I don't know why. But it, uh, but today, as we record, I'm sitting at home, you know, feeling a bit sorry for myself. Not feeling too good. The doorbell goes, and I think, oh, bloody hell, who's who's this at the door? I don't want to see anyone. And I've gone down. It's actually the postman just saying, there's a package here. I've just pushed it through your door. I also thought I'd ring the doorbell to let you know. What a a nice guy. And a package turned up. I was like, I haven't ordered anything, because I could see it's from Amazon. I haven't ordered anything from Amazon. So I opened it, and lo and behold, a beautiful day in the neighbourhood drops out, along with the uh, Lighthouse, Robert Egger film. I thought, I haven't bought this. I was saying to John, I, I was looking online on Amazon for films to buy over i was going to watch uh buy some films that i hadn't seen before or some which i had seen but hadn't uh, got um, and i thought i don't remember pressing you know buy on any of these and then these two little gift notes pop out that are that from jb i was like ah oh, what a king what a man so i am going to sit down and watch uh, a beautiful day in the neighborhood in the next day or so so for next week's episode the first episode of 2021 i will give my thoughts uh I imagine they'll probably be quite positive as as well on that film and the lighthouse as well. Um, So that was from John. So on the air, thank you very much for that, John. I very much appreciate those purchases.
0: Yeah. uh, Merry Christmas and belated birthday. There's one more movie coming which I have not told him what it is. Should I, should I tell you now, or you want to wait and be surprised? Uh, I've got to wait, man, and be
1: surprised. I've got to wait.
0: Perfect. Then you'll hopefully, uh, by the time we record our next episode, you'll get to find out what the third movie is that I purchased Matt for our his birthday slash Christmas gift. His birthday was in November. I'm a slacker, but <laughs> no, uh,
1: I will. I'll I will mention it on the next episode, assuming it turns up, of course. And in return, I got John a coffee and a donut because he loves coffee. And I'm always trying to get him to eat donuts, even though he is really, really yeah. disciplined on his diet. I'm just like the Joker and trying to drag him down to my level. He's half Dent to my Joker. Um, so, <laughs> Enjoy that, my friend. But um, yeah, the Queen's Gambit. I, I said last week, and I, I I will actually watch it. I again, I like Andy Taylor. Joy. now. I I know that Mario Heller is like so attached to it to the fact that she's actually really good at starring in it. I'm in. And seven episodes. Uh, I'm going to try and bash it out before the next episode because I've heard like you know, universal praise for this. Um, so. I'm gonna check it out on the walk. Yeah, you know, I did enjoy that film. I was really invested in the actual like stunt itself, which is why, like you said, it may not even be a good film, but JGL's performance and the the stunt of Crossing the Towers in itself was just like sort of like palm it sweat inducingly uh engaging to watch. So uh, mine was slightly less uh busy this week because again, build up to Christmas and Christmas itself, um the day and subsequent days have just been busy. Shall we say, um, but I watched Home Alone last week, and i which I mentioned. So this week, uh, I watched Home Alone 2 on Christmas Day. Actually, it was on sort of late afternoons, so we watched out with the kids. And yeah, we, we, we know what I do, it's not as good as a first film, but I still enjoy it, even if someone turns up in the hotel lobby. He who should not be named, um, and Kevin's dad, like we saw on Twitter, complains that he ran up almost a grand on a credit card but he also neglected to bring his son on holiday with him again and get him left him stranded. So jokes are new for being bad parents. <laughs> um, I I don't mind home. I don't mind home alone too. I like, uh, Macaulay Culkin as Kevin. I love, um, Harry and Marv. So when them them getting their backsides kicked, so what isn't there to like? Yes, it's derivative, but who cares? It's festive fun. Um, the force awakens. I watched the force awakens is snow on Starkiller based. Hence, It's a Christmas film to me now. It's five years since The Force Awakens was released uh, last week. Um, And it's a film which I really enjoy. I really like The Force Awakens when it came out. It's held up for me. Uh, So the the final film in the saga kind of derails (laughs) it. But I do like The Force Awakens an awful lot for the characters it introduces, for the action, for the ones it brings back, for the score, for the visuals. I don't see how anyone can watch that film and just not love it. But um, I watched The Force Awakens and enjoyed that. I watched a, a documentary on Netflix, which I hadn't seen, called uh, Gaga, Five Foot Two. Listeners will know that I love Lady Gaga. Or what I have done. Uh, I find her an extremely, uh, in- extremely incredible creative artist. You can look past the meat dresses and there's an awful lot going on. Very, very intelligent creator. Uh, but I hadn't seen this documentary and it was all about the Joanne, making of that album and the tour and the leading up to the, a Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's only about, it's about an hour and 40. So feature length documentary. I liked it. If you haven't seen it and you're a fan, you're a little monster. Go check it out. Good fun. Uh, and I mentioned last week that I'd got an advanced copy of the first high Republic, star Wars, high Republic uh, novel, light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. I'm about 80% through now. And no spoilers. Uh, I really, really digging it. Really like it, I'd heard that the introduction to the High Republic were was very good, that so the first few novels are really good. And I can attest that Light of the Jedi is a really, really good entry point into the new era. Really cool characters, really cool. Uh villains, which is good as well. The villains are like, really quite menacing. I really like they're not just cardboard cutout. The stakes are there. It's you know, the first few chapters it just starts off a pretty bleak. It, like, and I read all of the canon. And I mean, the first few chapters are like proper, like, do you know what? There's not many canon novels that have really kind of gone this kind of like, oh, blimey, jeez. <laughs> I've quite enjoyed that person, and now, yeah. Uh, so it's a good start. Really, uh, hopefully, it sticks to landing with the final 20% of the book, but really looking forward to uh, reading more of The High Republic. So if you like Star Wars new, or you're interested in The High Republic, I'd recommend Light of the Jedi. And The High Republic actually starts in the first week of. January and uh, Leslie Headland's The Acolyte Disney Plus series, Star Wars series, is going to be set in the High Republic at the very end of it but that was pretty cool as well. We always thought it was going to be comics and books uh, but now we know we're going to get that TV series at the end of it which is going to make people potentially want to go back and see this uh, supplemental material. So uh, that's what I've been doing other than obviously just indulging in the festive period, any kind of sweets that have been going around uh, beer. I've got some beer for Christmas from family members, which nice. always goes down well, But I can't drink it because I have a cold. Um, oh. And I also left John a link to click for no reason other than I found it <laughs> hilarious. So have you clicked that link, John?
0: I, I did. I, I, it's Tom Holland. <laughs> and I don't get anything else about what I'm seeing. This <laughs> is <just> it. It's <laughs> okay. This is a really,
1: really crap poster for Chaos Walking. It's like a really buff Tom Holland yes. with the words Chaos Walking, really awfully like, photoshopped above him and it's just his face and how big his arms look and how bad that font is so Chaos Walking there you go
0: yeah the Doug Lyman, Daisy Ridley uh and Tom Holland starred movie that's been delayed for a while right like yes it's coming out it is definitely coming
1: out early 2021 I think but I mean by the time it comes out it's going to be about well at least three years since it, since it was shot so um but the <laughs> Tom Holland looks consistent. looks so bad. Um, the, that poster, I'm looking forward to seeing the film just to see if it is it any good. I certainly hope they've managed to salvage a good film just because the two, two young up and coming leads. I'm, I'm all in it, all in it for them, but thank you for indulging my childish humor there, John. Um, yeah.
0: I think Ridley has the most to lose with that though. Cause like, like yeah. Holland's kind of established himself. He's got other movies in the works. He's, I think uh, the devil all the time really showcases ability to act um outside of like costumes and stuff and uh so and onward was great i I think people keep forgetting onward was this year but onward was a really good pixar movie that had great lead performances and a a huge heart and i'm i can't wait to watch uh their new movie which we'll talk about in a moment but um uh, i have neither of us have watched it yet but we'll again talk about that momentarily but um I, you know, quick story. I, I don't drink a lot, but every once in a while I will get, I will indulge in some alcohol. And my wife was going to get me a bottle of, uh, like a nice liquor for uh, Christmas, you know, that, um, and she found out, she went to the liquor store to get the liquor, uh, and found out her ID was missing. Um, you know, as they carded her, uh, she could not find her ID, which she, she did finally find, but she had like put it in the wrong pocket in a, in a different purse. You know, my wife has like multiple purses that she just randomly will use or whatever. Um, But, (laughs) but so I I ended up with none um, because she couldn't buy it because my wife looks, she's actually older than me by a few years, but she looks substantially younger than she is. Um, Mm -hmm. And so definitely gets carded at almost any scenario where ID is required. So, uh, but yeah, like your comment that you got some beer for Christmas reminded me that I I didn't uh, get anything because my wife Mm -hmm. tried and and was denied.
1: (laughs) Well that's good for uh that's good for the health because yeah. alcohol is bad. That's what the yes. doctors tell us. But um I do enjoy a beer every now and then. Like John, I don't drink too often, but I'm certainly not going to yeah. turn one down if it's gifted to me and they're in the fridge. But as I say, I'm under the weather and I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna do it, but um I agree with you though about Daisy Ridley. She's my English rose. I love Daisy Ridley. If you're listening, please call off the marriage. I'm available. Um but I think you're right. She's been in, she was in Murder on the Orient Express and she's fine in that. Yeah. Uh, not wrong with her. The film's not great, but she was in Ophelia, which uh, again, she's very good in that Opp- opposite. um Oh, the dude from um 1917 and yes, the film, which we true. Kelly gang, kind yep. of the guy's name now, but uh, opposite him. And she's really, she's good in that as well. She's in Peter yeah. Rabbit, like voice in that. And she's fine yeah. as Ray. She's good. But oh, yeah. it's, this is it. Like you say, though, if it wasn't for the devil all the time, I would also have concerns about Tom Holland because, look, he's good right. as Peter Parker and um, he's very good as in Onward as a voice actor. He's great in that. But the devil all the time really showed he's got that range because he's, he's, he's in the Uncharted film coming out. Again, yeah. another action film based on an IP. OK, I'm sure he's going to do fine in that. But like you say, to show he's got that range, that's what. That's what is going to set him apart. And Daisy Ridley is, um, she's got some interesting projects, uh, up a lot of them kind of, um, eastern uh, influenced voiceover ones uh, and smaller projects as well, which is sometimes a good thing to do after coming off such a massive role. But I'm interested to see her spread her wings slightly, even though this is another sci fi film. But I'm interested in checking it out. Uh, Doug Lyman, I don't mind him as a director, so uh, yeah. We'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about that at some point next year on the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. But for the end of the year, we, uh, we're going to end with our final segment, which we've been doing every week this year. And it's basically a tale of how we keep this podcast going, how we inject the IV of this podcast, how we stay bloody awesome. It's hard. Even when we're not feeling great, we're under the weather. This year's been a beat down. It's not been a great year. But through it all, we've tried to stay bloody awesome to give the best content uh, we can do. So each week we like to tell you guys how we've been staying bloody awesome. So, John, for the final time this year,
0: how have you remained bloody awesome? So um, I've remained bloody awesome by getting ready for next year uh, apprehensively. <laughs> That's the key. I, I, I mentioned, I think, earlier. I might have only mentioned this off of air. I don't remember for sure. But um, I, I this year has been tough. But I'm going into next year kind of like, all right, I have no real expectations. I'm going to make my resolutions very, very simple. Uh, one that came up when you were talking about our media consumption, I want, to, I want to make a little bit more of an effort to read. So I might do like, I have to read at least an hour a week or something like that um, to like actually push myself to read because I don't, reading requires focus and I don't often take the time to focus on a single activity. Um, which is why like I struggle with not having the movie theaters as an option because the movie theater makes me focus on my movie where I'm at home. I will end up on other things. I just will, especially if a movie is two and a half hours and kind of boring Patty Jenkins. I'm looking at you. And uh, so I I think kind of pushing myself to either read, even if it's comic books, but I have a lot of books that I would like to read. Um, Some things like old, like classics, like I've never read a Christmas carol. And I kind of feel like I should read A Christmas Carol. Like I've heard that like a lot of the movies are close to the book, but like the book still has like its own charm. And I feel like maybe I should probably read that at some point and things like that. Um, so I think that's going to be my big goal, but that I'm, I'm looking ahead to next year, even just for the new year celebration. Um, We don't uh, we don't go out uh, especially because it's a pandemic, but even normally um, you know, my wife lost someone she, she cared a lot about a few years ago to a drunk driver. Um, and new year's Eve is notoriously uh, a bad night for drunk driving. Um, yes. and so, uh, cause people want to drink on new year's Eve, especially I'm sure this year, they're going to really want to drink. Um, mm-hmm. hopefully everyone will be staying home anyways, again, pandemic, everybody not over. Uh, most of us don't have the vaccine yet. So chill, stay home, stay with your, your, your bubble, stay in your bubble with your family. And that's what we're going to do. Uh, it's gonna be our bubble's a little bigger than it should be, but, uh, my daughter's boyfriend is part of our bubble. He's been here mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, so, um, he's probably going to be with us and we'll, we'll, uh, we're going to eat bad food. I, I already picked we're up all bad. the groceries today. We got like, um, we bought last year, we bought an air fryer. And so oh, this yeah. is the second year in a row, but we're going to have like all the bad appetizers. Like we got mozzarella sticks, we got jalapeno poppers, we got breaded mushrooms, um, uh, I, I bought a couple of things, two frozen pizzas, uh, some chicken poppers. Like it's just going to air fry a bunch of finger foods that we'll just be picking at all night long. Um, probably play some board games and stuff while we watch uh, whatever. Uh, is it still, is it still the um, Dick Clark's? It's still called Dick Clark's New Year's Eve, right? Even though it's, he's dead, but. I, uh, I think so. Is that, I don't know. Is that a thing over there? I, I always make these assumptions that my life. It certainly isn't, isn't over here. here No, but I have okay. heard of Dick Clark's New Year's Eve. It just it's a, it's it's in New York t- Times Square. Obviously, this year is going to be real different. I have no idea what it's how they're going to do it. I'm sure they're going to have some kind of like closed set uh, mm-hmm. thing. Um, and they simulcast. It, and they actually have its main area is New York, but they have like a Miami branch, and they'll cut to that thing. It's it's a big thing. It's like all it starts at like s- like seven or eight, and it goes until the ball drops at midnight in New York time, and then they'll, they extend to like the Chicago time, and so on and so forth. But Um, It's a big thing every year, and I've watched that since I was a kid, Um, but we're going to stay home, eat bad food, and bring in the new year, getting ready to uh, kick off uh, my continued weight loss, and hopefully reading of more books, but Matt, what about you? What are you working on? Well, firstly,
1: I just want to say that that sounds like a positively excellent way to spend New Year's Eve, because I I also don't go out on New Year's Eve. It's, It's too expensive. It's too cold. Um, and I'd rather sit inside and m- watching the watching the TV. So um, I just also wanted to say that despite there being about six thousand miles, I'm also part of John's bubble. So I'll be indulging yeah. in those delectable sanding uh, treats on New Year's Eve. God damn, they sound good. Um, yeah, you know, I'll be doing the same. Dude, I'll be staying in uh, in the warm, watching London for New Year's, which is going to be again very different to how it usually is. It's usually packed with people. Um, but, yeah, a quiet one. I thought the kids will be in bed by midnight. So I uh, was sort ringing the new year uh, somehow, possibly with some sweet treats as well. But um, in terms of how I've been staying bloody awesome, it's been playing catch-up. I've been catching up on the 2020 Gap List. So what uh, movies, what have I been missing out on? What are the films I haven't got around to seeing, usually streaming, and catching up on them? Because, uh, obviously, end of year, John and myself individually, we always collate a... You know, best of the year or maybe films that disappointed us as well. I don't want to use the word worst anymore, but films which we didn't find as good as the others list. So in order to do that, I want to make sure that I've seen all of the films that came or as many of the films that came out this year uh, that should be considered for that list. uh, Or any that are being sort of tipped for Oscar nominations, which are coming out this year a lot of the films like nomad land and things like that drop for both of us next year so there will be 2021 films in terms of a wider release despite being obviously premiered this year uh, so i've been checking out as many films as i can do from 2020 uh, updating letterbox today thanks to john reminding me um, so i've got my i've got a private list of which is what i've got to get through uh, i've got an awful lot of time on my hands especially when the youngsters go to bed now the little ones so I can usually bash out two films a night comfortably uh, and still get to bed at a decent time. So I've basically just been indulging in that. But I was just looking at your New Year's resolution of reading more books. And I'm thinking, Do you know what, that's actually an attainable resolution because most people say I'm going to go to the gym, which usually lasts for January and then they discover how nice donuts are and don't go back. But John is going to the gym anyway. So reading more books is an attainable uh resolution so uh hats off to you i read i read a fair few books during the year mainly because they get (laughs) sent to me um but i would like to start reading more but i'm hoping that my time is limited next year because we have more films coming out but uh good luck in your book reading venture though man
0: yeah and it's a very attainable goal because i think i maybe read one or two books this year so like Mm -hmm. it's it's very the word more being very open-ended I should be able to knock that one out the park.
1: Well, you could read three books and you've achieved your resolution. So, exactly. Um, so my, my, my attainable goal would be audio I love audiobooks, but I just can never concentrate on an audiobook because as soon as I, as soon as I like look away to do something, I've missed like a few lines of dialogue or something. I, then I don't know what's going on anymore. And I really like the amount of production that goes into certain audio books. But I just find I can't get into them. So maybe I'm going to try and actually sit and listen. I don't know how people can listen to them whilst driving, whilst also checking their mirrors, whilst also, you know, just concentrating on the road and still zoning in. I just can't do it. But uh, So me, I've been watching films. John is going to be reading books. Uh, let us know how you guys are going to be spending your New Year's as well. We'd love to love to hear that. But for next week's episode which will be the first episode of 2021 john has just mentioned that there is a pixar film which has been released on disney plus which we haven't seen yet but we're going to we're going to talk about it next week and of course we're talking about solar which was due to get a theatrical release but has been um i say dumped on disney plus but i'm glad it has been because i've been really looking forward to this one is this one you've been wanting to check out man
0: Big time. I, I am a, a big, big, big fan of Pixar. I, I think there's only maybe like two or three films that I don't like. Um, and like is strong. Like I don't love like the good dinosaurs. Yeah. Fine. Um, I, oh, I haven't God. seen cars two, and I'm probably never going to watch it, you know, like, um, but overall I, I tend to like the Pixar films. Uh, some of them are my favorites. I love the toy story movies so, so much. Yeah. So I'm always excited for a Pixar stamp film and uh i'm only more hyped because of all the positivity that's coming around soul right now um it's funny because i feel like wonder woman was the the movie that everyone was really pumped that they announced was going to drop and soul was kind of like to be fair i actually thought disney was going to charge us for soul like they did mulan so i wasn't Mm -hmm. even expecting to get to see it and then i found out like the day before that it was dropping for free and i was like oh oh well that's a whole different different ball game and Uh, the two movies dropped same day and soul is definitely winning the that battle as far as (laughs) criticism goes right like everyone seems really positive about soul and really down on wonder woman so i'm super excited to give it a watch yep
1: same here i opened up disney plus uh yesterday boom there it is um and yeah i'm interested to see if soul is as good as they say is it is it just because it's pixar who knows but Pixar's not exactly that like they haven't got a track record of delivering quality films, so uh, tune in next week to see if we prefer so to Wonder Woman, of course, we won't be comparing the films, but uh, I'm looking forward to checking that one out, but that does end this episode of the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast and it does draw a close to the 2020 offerings of the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast a year which has seen uh, us start off with the big releases, then we went into the Bampocalypse Now section which lasted for Many more episodes than I thought it did, but now feels like a million miles away. We also covered Fantasia as part of our own individual sex and also the Bloody Awesome Movie podcast as well. Uh, we went into streaming, we've checked out more independent films or we've spoken about them in greater depth than we maybe would have done. Uh, so it's been an interesting year. So, in very, you know, in short, John, 2020, like BAMP, it was different, wasn't
0: it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but in. in- I think we, we managed to find some really great films, um, while not getting to explore them in the normal way, especially since a lot of the films that at the beginning of the year, if people said, Hey, what are you most excited about? We didn't get to see most of the movies that were on that list because they got pushed back to 2021. Yeah. Uh, so for making that list for next year, pretty easy, pretty much just the list I made last year is going to be the list for next year. Um, plus a few extra movies that I didn't know were coming out in 2021. Um, but, uh, I I have seen released films from 2020. I've seen 108 films this year, Um, which is feels like a lot considering how many didn't come out, right? And I still have, I have like a list of like 20 movies I want to watch from this year that that are out in some capacity that I've not been able to see yet. Uh, So it's still, we still had a lot of movies come out despite the theatrical closings and stuff like that. And I've had several films that have hit me in big ways, like Sound of Metal, which we covered on this podcast. I yeah. adore that movie. I love it. I, I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, Promising Young Woman, which officially dropped in theaters here in the States on Christmas. Um, oh, wait for that. I love that movie. I can't stress enough how great it is. And then coming out on Amazon Prime on uh, January 15th is One Night in Miami, which I got to see as a screener. And man, I can't wait to talk to you about that movie because we'll most likely cover that on this podcast.
1: Sweet. Uh, my letterbox tells me I've watched 56 films this year. I know that is incorrect because I've been very shoddy. Sorry, John. I could probably add an extra 30 to that at least. Um, not, And that doesn't include the films I'm catching up on. So hopefully my, my list will be closer to uh, your number by the end of the year. So when we do make our best of or um, least satisfying list, then it will be as well-rounded as possible. I've got a few festival uh, films in mind. At the top end as well, which I'm really excited for as well. And that isn't because I haven't seen many films this year, it's because those films generally were better than the films which were streaming or I got to see theatrically. And again, it's all it's all personal, it's all subjective, but that's how I that was for me anyway. But I'm really interested to see how your list changes, which I'm not privy to, and how my list changes. When we finally get to sit down and talk about them. So, um, yes, so it's going to be Seoul next year, next week. What a strange year it's been. But if you do want to talk to us about film or about Wonder Woman 84 or any of the films we've mentioned, you can do. You can find us on Twitter at BAMP underscore podcast, B A M P underscore podcast. Uh, John,
0: where can they find us on Instagram? We're at the bloody awesome movie pod. No, the, there's no the there. We drop the the like Facebook, it's cleaner. Um, bloody awesome movie pod and of course Facebook bloody awesome movie podcast
1: yep, no the this time uh you can also if you want to hear audio only version we're on youtube as well uh and thank you to everyone who has been uh finding us via youtube as well if you want to find me online you can do at i reviews are very slowly but very surely dropping on there now and just search what i watch tonight twitter instagram uh, and letterbox and facebook but not as much uh,
0: and you'll find me on there john where can the world find you at burkreviews.com that's b-e-r-k reviews.com and of course it, any of the social media if you just search berk reviews i'm on there somewhere
1: yep do go check them out uh if you have a spare few minutes please consider rating and reviewing the bump on your podcast provider of choice uh, a good old rating certainly helps us out it gets more people listening more engagement uh, and it means we get to talk to more of you each week which is as film fans that's really what we like doing the most, is a chatting film with like-minded people. So if you do have a spare few minutes, we'd really, really appreciate a good review on your podcast provider of choice. And as we said, it's the final show of 2020. We hope everyone stays safe in the lead up to the new year. Enjoy your celebrations. For God's sake, stay safe. Don't drink a drive. Don't be stupid. Stay in. Wear a mask. Drink wearing a mask. Enjoy the celebrations. We certainly will. We look forward to uh, hearing from you in 2021 and delivering a lot more awesome content in 2021 but with that as always stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies